Hey guys, so yeah, I'm here to review Metamorphosize to Malleability, the, um, making sure, 234th shift slash chapter. And as I kind of predicted, you know, with the way Michelle, aka Dizzy Arts, that's D-E-Z-Z-I-E, -E, Arts, um, the way she kind of writes things and stuff, you know, you know, how she kind of basically preps things out and stuff and, you know, has a pattern to her methods uh, when it comes to storytelling. She pretty much gave us exactly what I felt she was going to give us. And that was a little bit more of a um, down-to-earth NFSW erotic-like story. And, and even though it wasn't as crazy as some of the, some of these kind of, uh, some of these uh, down-to-earth, downtime, NFSW erotic stories that she's done before have been, it still was very, very fun to read. The title of the chapter was called Bean Bag Fun. Yeah, you heard me right. It was called Bean bag fun bean bag fun that's what it was called now it does start off kind of what we've seen in the past before and that basically starts off with the second plot of the series that's right uh, michelle decided to go back to doing the two two-part portion of the story and basically she focused on the second part of the story which deals with this uh, group that she's working with, this Siri, uh, this Siri Genesis group or something, who are trying, I guess, the best to fix what one of their renegades doctors, or one of the villainous doctors, uh, Dr. Z, I'm going to call him for short, because it's kind of hard to pronounce his name. I think it's Zet, Zet Weiser, Zet Weiser, Zetweiser or something like that. Um, they're trying to clean up, you know, everything that he had done and try to figure out, okay, who leaked him information? Who gave him, you know, the access to finding out not just about Briella, but about the formula that caused Briella, you know, to get what she wants. And... Basically, it just focuses on a few characters that had agreed to try to make amends for associating with this doctor and those um, around him, those associated with him, because they had lost so many lives. And one of them uh, confirms with the other that was kind of reluctant at first, but went along with it, that... You know, since they went through with this and did what they had to do, that the comrades that they had lost will be given a proper burial. They will be given cremation and a proper burial um, out of respect for losing their lives for um, unknown, re for well, not unknown reasons, but for basically manipulative reasons that they shouldn't have been part of, something along those lines. And we kind of tell here that they might not be, you know, totally 
you know, like Briella, because there are suspicions when you read the stories early on that they might be identical to Briella in power and all that. But actually, believe it or not, uh, I guess you could say androids, cyborgs, or something like that. Because one of them, who breaks down a little bit in tears, you know, but is thankful that, you know, the comrades and everything are going to get the proper burial and respect they deserve because of what happened. It's described that she starts to change a little bit, like her form starts to change, and it looks more like an android form or something. So we can only assume that she was somebody who had a conscience transferred over to an android that could change appearances, maybe change shape, uh, when needed. We can assume that, not saying that's totally true. Now, what happens next will be really interesting because, you know, they still have some others to talk to and some may not be as cooperative as, you know, they would hope. And there is, of course, another, and of course, one of them that probably won't be as cooperative basically does not regret a single thing she's done, but it looks like they're trying to build to the possibility that she will eventually open her eyes and realize what you know she has done and start regretting it and start maybe get redeemed or something. We're not really sure. But yeah, the, the first part is basically what I call the second plot, you know, the subplot, if you will, of the series, with the series Genesis and the Duncan guy and his people that, like I said, are trying to, you know, fix this uh, mess that, you know, was uh, created, if you will. And again, the goal of this subplot, which most times will integrate and become the main plot of the entire story when Briella gets involved, or when it connects to the main plot of the story and thus becomes the main plot of the story in the next chapter or shift, like I said, when Briella gets involved, you know, like I said, the, the main goal is to figure out who was behind the doctor getting this access and everything, you know, that allowed him to cause the trouble he did for Briella and Crystal and, and all that. They're trying to figure out, okay, you know, who's behind, who's, who's the traitor, basically, who's behind this betrayal? You know, and how do we fix it? And eventually, I think we're going to get another story down the line where Briella will uh, associate with them to probably finally find out the truth or, or something like that. Now, with that said, though, you know, it does bring up something else, and I will get into that in just a moment. But it does bring up an interesting scenario, again, as to who the suspects could be behind it, and the trust issues certain people on Briella's part may have with them. Now, with that said, let's go into the second part, which again is a more down-to-earth, more relaxed, you know, calm after the storm kind of deal. And Briella and Crystal arrive at Crystal's apartment, and I guess Briella's going to stay there for the night or so because, you know, just to 
clear her mind after what's happened. And they decide to have a little fun. They decide to kind of reenact, you know, the bing bag thing from the previous chapter, but in a more erotic NFSW way. And how this happens is um, basically Briella decides um, to do something. So she zips upstairs or something, or I think it's Crystal. No, it's Briella. She zips upstairs and decides to get something or do something. Then she comes back down, you know, basically as a puddle of goo. And then, you know, kind of, you know, reshapes herself uh, near the dining table. She reshapes herself near the dining, ta- dining table, I should say, near the kitchen. I guess with her space. Um, she reshapes herself back into a bean bag. She reshapes herself back into a bean bag, um, but it's a different color, you know, basically identical to her skin color with some pink outlines. And Crystal decides, you know, decides to kind of strip herself of her clothing and lean back, kind of fall back into the bean bag that Briella has turned herself into. And Briella decides. You know, to let Crystal have a bit of control after she kind of, you know, gives her a little affection in a certain area. I'm not going to say any more than that. A certain bottom region. Again, not going to say any more than that. She decides to give a bit of affection there. And then she decides to melt her body into into the beanbag form she's become. And let Crystal, like I said, have control. Let her do what she wants. And Crystal decides, you know, to have a little fun by playing a game of, okay, this here, that there, right? So she picks out one area where she wants a certain um, uh, mound, if you will, from the upper chest region of the female. No offense, no offense when I say that. She wants a certain mound to appear, which Briella is more than obligeable to do. But then she says, I want a bigger, you know... You know, bigger, wider. And after Briella does that for her, Crystal basically leans down face first and goes to town, if you know what I mean. And then what Briella does during this is she decides to allow her conscience, you know, to swim around her now pseudo beanbag form and enjoy the attention that Crystal has given her. In other words, while her mind, you know, is swimming around, her conscious is kind of like swimming around on the inside the bing-bang form, she's pressing up against certain parts of Crystal's body to enjoy those certain parts of her that are laying on top of her and giving her attention. And then she decides to spread her entire conscious instead of just swimming through you know, her, you know, basically, instead of having a conscious swim through, she decides to spread her entire conscious throughout the entire uh, form of the beanbag she's become to really get into it. And as described in the story, kind of send a message to that disoriented portion of her, that, uh, uh, that misunderstood portion of her that was Mimi, that this is the life, that there, it, there is a life like this, beyond what, you know, she, you know, Mimi was wanting to do. 
So, yeah, basically they have their the fun and they get into a frenzy to the point that basically Briella at the end of the, at the end of the day uh, loses cohesion. She basically melts and everything into a puddle, but in a way that basically uh, Crystal is so in. A, I guess I guess as Michelle puts it. Crystal is in such a, eu- a euphoric, uh, drunken state that she takes basically the globs, the liquid globs that Briella is melt is losing her form into, basically melting into from being a beanbag. She takes these and basically covers herself, you know, with it. Basically allows it to drip upon, dribble, drip on her body as she's laying down now, basically on this melted form of her girlfriend. And it's basically got to a point that where when she's trying to move, you know, she moves her arm or she's trying to turn her turn turn to her side, and it's like Briella is sticking to her like melted stringy cheese, if you know what I mean. Anyway, long story short, um, long story short, you know, they have the fun. She gathers up a, you know, crystal that is gathers up some melty goopness of her girlfriend, you know, and thanks her and everything. Um, well, not just thanks her, but compliments that, you know, Briella's more of a mess than she is. And Briella forms a mouth on this little piece that Crystal has in her, in her, in her hand saying, you know, it was totally worth it. And then Crystal flirtatiously, you know, asks if she wants to go again. And what she does, she lays back and she kind of acts like she's going to make a snow angel uh, in the in the melted form of her girlfriend to the point that when she closes her leg in a certain area, it causes a, a splash to happen, like little bits and pieces of the melted Briella to fly everywhere. And the mouth <laughs> that Briella formed to communicate with kind of bites its lip and then Starts to gurgle a little bit, like, and then just melt through uh, Crystal's fingers. And Crystal, you know, asking, like I said, if, you know, Briella wants to continue going. Oh, you know, she wants her to stop. You know, after she does that little thing, snow angel thing, almost, almost snow angel thing with her body. You know, when she's asking her, do you want me to stop? And then, of course, uh, basically... Like I said, the mouth that Briella created bites her lips because parts of her are flying all over because of what Crystal did. And, you know, she's biting her upper lip and everything. And, you know, Crystal basically looks at her. So mouth is trying to respond going like... And it's just dripping through her fingers. And Crystal's looking at the mouth as it's basically uh, deliquicizing back into the puddle. She's like... You know, you know, splaying and you know, just blind through, or sprawling through her fingers, basically going through her fingers. Uh, Crystal basically says that she'll take that as a no, you know, as a no. Uh, and ba- basically, what she means by "I'll take that as a no," she's you know saying that, you know, you know, in response that, "Yep, you don't want me to stop, so I'm not going to stop." And uh, that's about it. So. Overall, the 234th shift uh, entitled Beanbag uh, Fun, I thought, it, I thought it was a good, like, you know, um, I, guess, I guess they could say slice of life filler 
a story, mostly the second part of it, because again, it focuses on two plots, the main plot at the, as the second half of the story, and the subplot with the series Genesis, which is the, which begins the story. I thought it was a good, a, a good uh, story overall, like I said, the subplot, be, you know, starting us out, because of course, what we got later on is the main plot, but the second plot I thought was, you know, going back to it, I thought it was a nice touch. I like the idea that, again, you know, despite, you know, the trust issues and stuff that Briella's friends may have, and I'll get to that in a moment, uh, with this, with these people, they're at least they're still doing as much as they can to figure out, okay, who did this? How did this guy get access? We need answers. And at least they're willing to work with people that got tricked and manipulated by this guy by saying, hey, look, you help us out and we'll make sure your comrades, your teammates that died uh, doing this uh, for this guy get a proper burial. They get a proper respectable, respectable burial so that, you know, they can rest at ease, rest at peace. And you guys could potentially redeem yourselves and maybe be freed down the line on probation or something. So I like that they, so I like the fact that even though, in my opinion, she could have used it to really do more with Crystal and Briella, I like the fact that, you know, she used at least the beginning part of the story to remind us of there is more to this uh, metamorphosized malleability situation with Briella than we could imagine, you know, and, you know, we got these other characters we have to focus on and everything, especially now that we know that some of these characters might just be people that are androids with human minds transferred into them or human brains inside of them or something that caused them to basically have to do what they wanted to do despite maybe the rejections or because they were manipulated. So, you know, I like the fact that we had that inclusion. You know, it keeps us up to date to what's going on in that side plot, that subplot, you know, with Duncan and his crew trying to figure out the truth behind, you know, what happened and who may have, you know, betrayed them to let the doctor in on, you know, what happened, in my opinion. Well, not let the doctor in on what happened, in my opinion, but let the doctor, the, the doctor that died, the Dr. Z guy, uh, in on what happened with Briella so that he could get the power for himself or, or something like that. So I like the fact that, you know, they kept, you know, the reminding us that this is still there, this is still a thing, and it's going to play a major part. And like I said, it slowly does integrate itself into the main story when the time presents itself. And I think we're going to get another presentation of that very soon before we hit 250. Now, on to the main story. I thought, again, this was a fun little down-to-earth, slice-of-life, NFSW, erotic-like story between the two. Again, this is basically part of, you know, Brielle, not Brielle, but Michelle's madness. And I say that with all due respect, no offense. All due respect, no offense. But this is part of Michelle's creative madness, if you will. Um, and that is the fact that when she, when she does these kind of stories and she does certain arcs, a little bit, either they're vacation arcs, slice of life arcs, or in this case, arcs that could 
really like just change the game, if you will, as to what's going on. You know, you know, um, she usually likes to follow that up on, uh, basically, she likes to usually follow that up with a little bit of a slice of life deal between mostly a erotic slice of life deal between uh, Crystal and Briella. You know, that's what she likes to do. And here was no exception. Now, she didn't go totally all out, to be honest. I mean, I thought, honestly, when I read that title, what, when I read the title of what the story was going to be called, I thought, honestly, and this is the truth, I thought, honestly, she was going to have Briella engulf Crystal, or Crystal was going to have Briella engulf her in the beanbag or something. You know, and that would have been fun to see. In fact, I'm, I'm still hoping... I am still um, hoping down the line that maybe in one of her future stories that she does, either it's a side story or whatever, or it's something like this, that if she does have Briella engulf Crystal without having the intimate moment, that we see an imprint of Crystal just appear on, you know, Briella's body, you know, on the outside, so that you have an idea that, you know, as the reader, that, yeah, Crystal's in there, and she's just enjoying being encased within Briella, and you can see this imprint of her as evidence, or visually in your mind, see the imprint of her um, as evidence. But that's up to Michelle and what she wants to do. But to me, like I said, you know, I thought this was a nice, you know, calming after the storm and everything. And again, this is something that's not out of her wheelhouse, you know, whatsoever. And this is indeed something that I would expect her to uh, revisit again. Not this same scenario, but I think after a while, she's going to really, you know, not really, but she's going to uh, revisit a similar scenario down the line. Don't know how much longer that's going to be till something like that happens, but it might be next week. It might be next month. We shall see. But you know, I thought this was a fun little chapter and everything, and I like the fact in story, when they have these moments now, that Briella is allowing Crystal a little bit more uh, leeway. She's allowing her a little bit more control, you know, over the situation so that she could at least, I guess, through, through Briella by an extent, you know, get to know what it's like to use these kind of powers even though she doesn't have them, even though she doesn't have them herself. Now, uh, besides that, though, like I said, it was a nice down-to-earth story, and I can't wait to see what's up the road next, and I can't wait to see visits this kind of a scenario again down the line. Now, as to what I think the future holds, basically. Uh, as far as, basically, you know, as far as, basically, you know, the... Revealing, revealing of the traitor, you know, that uh, on the Siri Genesis side, I think it's going to, I think it's going to involve somebody that a lot of us kind of know might be a suspect. Um, I mean, the fact that you have Elanie, if you will, not trusting a Siri Genesis and the fact that she feels the hiding stuff from Briella that they should tell Briella about. 
So I like that dynamic that, you know, at least one of uh, Briella's friends, her best friend since childhood, is like, yeah, these guys I don't really trust. I think they're hiding something from you. They're not telling you everything. And everything. They're not telling you everything, and they should. And I like the fact that that's kind of getting through to Briella because she's like, you know, you're right. They're not really telling me everything. I need to know what's going on. So I do like that. I do like that scenario there. Um, so we'll see what we'll see where that goes. But like, as far as who the traitor could be, the one that is, you know, basically leaked information. It's got to be one of those two uh, female characters that's associated very closely with Duncan. I don't know who it is because both seem to be, you know, described as not the kind to do it. But one of them, either it's the one that helped train Briella on her stealthness, or it's, you know, the other one that was kind of reluctant about doing certain things a certain way. One of them to me could be the traitor. One of them to me could be the traitor. But I also think that Ilanier's uh, fiancé or her boyfriend, Vince, might have something to do with this. We just don't know it. Because, you know, we don't suspect him really to be someone that would align himself with someone like the evil doctor. But then again, you never know. It could be one of those twists that you kind of could see coming, but you don't see coming. So... We'll see what happens there. But, you know, to me, it's got to be one of those three. And it could even be Duncan himself. But why would it be Duncan if he's going throughout, if he's going out of his way, you know, almost ragging himself dry, if you will, to, you know, not only protect Briella and her friends and, and those she loves, but to also basically try to, you know, you know, figure out what happened, what what security breach, you know, could have caused this all to collapse on them, and now they're trying to rebuild from it. So it could be Duncan, but I'm not going to say it is because he's, to me, a long shot. So again, it's got to be one of those three that I mentioned. It's got to be one of the two ladies that's helped, that's been associated with them, or it's got to be Vince. Because again, that could be something we don't see coming. You know, Vince could have infiltrated them to find out more about... um about Briella, and they just don't know it. So that could be something. Um, as far as what the future holds with Crystal and Briella, again, I still stick by the fact that I think Crystal is going to get these powers too. I don't know why. I just get a feeling she's going to get them as well. Because I think you you can kind of tell she's having fun with Briella letting her have a little bit more control now during their playtime. But you could probably, in a way, tell that even though Briella is doing this, that there's something there. That there's a reason why in story Briella is doing it. And I think the reason she's doing it is because deep down she knows Crystal would like to have these powers herself. So something's going to happen uh, in the near future where Crystal, it, where Crystal will gain these powers too. And when both of them have these powers and both of them have that moment, if you know what I mean, down the line. Oh yeah, Michelle, <laughs> she's going to have some creative fun when it comes to that moment. Um, but overall, you know, so far the story's going, is tracking on, uh, trucking on good in my opinion. And like I said, I can't wait to see what happens next. Again, I would love to see a, a story, a side story, or, you know, one of these stories again between Briella and Crystal where Briella engulfs her and, 
or envelops her at Crystal's request or something, and we just see an imprint of Crystal's body you know, right at the top up of Briella's form, knowing that she's there having you know the time of her life, if you know what I mean. But anyway, though, guys, I got to go get ready for work. I got to get hop in the shower here uh, real quickly, you know, wash myself off, get myself ready. But let me know what your thoughts are. What do you think of this so far? Again, I will provide, as before, I will provide links in the description so you guys can check out the story yourself. I think you will thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, but let me know what your thoughts are. How do you feel about the story? Where do you think it's heading, you know, on all fronts? And until next time, guys, I will talk to you later. You know where to find me. Patreon, my BW Rosas discussions on all your favorite audio podcasts except for Pandora. Also, Vimo at BW Rosas. Venmo at Brian-Warmer-2, Cash App at BWRoses98, Teespring Store, you know where to find me, guys. And until next time, I will talk to you later again. I got to get myself ready, and I am out. Peace.